Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 300 and something. I'm your host, Blaine Podfang, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. We've almost given up keeping count of episode numbers. I think it's 329. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It's been so long. It Just has. so long. Oops. It has. It's been almost that long. And it's been since we started this show. Like when, well, you started the show with Treg and then I joined. That's the last time we saw each other in person. That was 2018. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. In Dallas. Yeah. With COVID and with everything, with deployments and everything like that. That was actually the last time we saw each other in person. So Nashville yeah, is going to be. That show. Yeah. yeah. So Nashville is going to be pretty crazy, I'm sure. Well, if it's anything like what we did in Dallas, yeah. uh, where we basically just hung out at the pool and got shit faced, mm-hmm. I think it'll turn out pretty good. Yeah. And I'm going so, and I'm going solo this time, so I can I can partake a lot more. <laughs> no wet blanket this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I invited my uh, my better half to come out, and she just doesn't want to try going down to Nashville. She's like, yeah. yeah. She's like, that's your thing. Like, yeah, cool. Go, I'll just go hang out with the boys. Go have fun with the boys. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good to me. As long as Treg doesn't bring his uniforms this time, we're we're good to go. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, uh, this episode, unfortunately, Treg is not with us uh, for this one either. Um, but we're going to carry on without him. And we're going to talk a little bit about yet more injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Possible call-ups, the Avalanche game where they scored a touchdown with a two-point conversion, uh, and some other stuff around the NHL. But to start it off, let's talk about the game versus the Avalanche. So Colorado showed up, started playing the game, and it, about an hour earlier than the Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> and the score shows it. Eight to four final, a two-point conversion on the touchdown. Yeah. <sighs> We were talking about it off air before coming on, and I think you were you were right. Um, had that game not gotten back under control, there may have been jerseys on the ice. This and and that's a serious thing to say when it comes to the Canadians. Yeah. Um, they're even though the team has performed, I can't even say they performed poorly. I can tonight, but like they've been in the majority yeah. of the games that they've played. Um, despite all of the injuries and it, it showed the press box tonight and there, there's your lineup. There's, they're sitting there watching the game. They're sitting there eating popcorn. Entire the NHL team. Right. Yeah, and a so, whole NHL team. And, and there's, and of all the teams in the league, they're still um, leading the league in average attendance. So the, the fans yeah. haven't given up on them, but I do feel that tonight, if it, you know, they would have hit a 10 spot tonight and without a little bit of kickback, which they demonstrated, it could have been the night. And like I, I don't like saying things like that, but I just had a, a kind of a sour feeling. And, you know, when the fourth goal 
was in the net and I'm just like, it's the first period guys. Like somebody step up. Well, I mean, the Canadians only had seven shots in the right. first half of the game. Right. That is not a good look. So I, I, and I, I'm going to, before we get like into the details of the game, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to give a shout out to Josh Anderson. Um, yep. He was by far their best player. He was the only forward that was really noticeable throughout the game. And I mean, like start to finish. Um, he probably could have had a hat trick tonight if he would have had a little bit better luck. Um, this is a this is a player that I want to be on the team as part of this rebuild. I know that his value is high and people want to trade him and they want to get prospects for him or they want to get draft picks for him. This is a guy that's going to, he's going to be there in these, in these kind of games and he's not going to falter and he's not going to just, you know, put his tail between his legs and, and, and just kind of half-ass it. Like the guy's still going to, he still cares. And you can see that like he's been a, he's been a leader on this team and uh, moving forward. I hope he continues until the end of his contract. I agree. Um, I think for him, it's clear that Hughes loves him, loves what he brings, but with him, with Anderson, because of his age, depending on the offer, right. He's available. Right. Like it has to be the right offer because he does bring uh, a unique aspect to the team. There's not a lot of players like him in the league. So you're going to put a high premium on a player such as that. I mean, he's, he scored his 20th goal of the season this year in this game. And this is on a team decimated by injuries. Right. And he's still producing. Well, we've seen not a small feat. This is their seventh loss in a row now. Yeah. And going into this game, was it was six games in a row they lost only by a goal with two yes. with two in a shootout and these weren't easy teams these were this was the devils this was the knights this was carolina the kings etc um tonight it, it tonight was the night that they looked outmatched we look at the lineup and yeah. we look at the lineup and you could have said that night after night over the last couple weeks and said, this team's going to get destroyed. There's going to be a massacre tonight. And all of a sudden, you've got the Canadians going to a shootout with the Canes. You've got them going to a shootout um, with the Devils, etc. Two teams that should have just beat the hell out of them. And now you've got tonight. It finally caught up to them. And it was just a matter of time that it did. And it didn't get as bad as I thought it was going to eight, eight is still a shit number to put up, but the fact that they were able yeah. to at least get four in, um, against a good team, then I'm, I'm a Defending little bit happier. Like a champions. Yeah, I'm a little bit happier about that, but, uh, yeah, the fact that they still lost another player, it's something that I'm not really, uh, it's, it's, it's more now more roster management moving forward and seeing like, who's the next guy up. And, and, and at yeah, this um, point, it's like, who's the next guy in the chopping block? Really? It's like, who's the next guy? Have... Who's the next guy to go to the infirmary? Really? And do they have enough guys under NHL contract left to even call oh, up? That's, geez. that's, a... yeah. we'll they get do. into that they, here they in a do. minute. <laughs> Not too many more. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but we I want to continue on this game. So, um, they clearly didn't start the game properly. No. 
And the Avalanche took advantage of it. They're a fast team. They're a talented team. Uh, they're deep, clearly, you know, Stanley Cup champions and all. But the second half of the game is when the Canadians decide to pull up their socks and play with some pride. Anderson clearly leading the way in in that aspect. I mean, he was he was, he played that way the entire game. Like he wanted he to win. Yep. He showed up on time. He was he was from start to finish. Every shift, the best player on the ice, and that's no detriment to Nick Suzuki or Caden Gooley. It's just he was highly visible because of his work ethic. Um, one other guy that, and I did mention Gooley, I did like his game. Matheson played a very good game in the second half. Um, and Gurianov surprised me with yeah. this game. He, yeah. he wasn't dominating in any one aspect, but he was productive and he played to his strengths. What I like about Gurianov, he got his third goal with the Canadians tonight. It is my eighth game with them. Yeah. Um, he had two goals with Dallas in 43 games. So given a little bit more opportunity, it's showing that he can he can pot a goal or two here and there. And this trade has yeah. worked out so far for both teams because as we record, Dadnov has scored again tonight for Dallas. And yeah. I believe he's looking at, I think he's got seven points in seven games, seven points in eight games, something like that. So we knew that the potential was there. He just wasn't going to show it as a member of the Canadians. He didn't want to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, but, he was um, he was going through the motions knowing he was going to get traded. Right. But let's go on to Gooley. Um McKinnon, McKinnon trips up Gooley. Right. Yeah. Runs his mouth a little bit. Gooley gets in his face. All of a sudden, Johnson comes and gives him a shot from behind. Savard jumps in for his young teammate. Um if Gooley went down easy or not, you got a player like McKinnon yapping at a rookie. And then later on in the game, McKinnon went down and he went down relatively easy. On that goal. Right? Yes. Nobody said anything. Then he goes and scores a goal. Right? And then later in the game, when Anderson took that penalty... He falls down on his ass, and the first thing I thought he was going to get whiplash for looking for trying to find the referee, and you know his neck whips around to get the arm up, and then of course they score on that sequence as well. Yeah, like I have mad respect for McKinnon. I think he's one of the the better players in the league. He's an East Coaster, very talented player. But leave, I I fucking hate the players that fall down and they want they're looking for mom and dad right if you don't hear a whistle get up and fucking skate right you're a professional athlete you're not a little bitch just don't like don't don't just sit there and cry and you know you know you you fucking you dust yourself off and you keep skating you don't you don't look for mom and dad and i hate i hate it it can be a canadians player that does it could be a fucking leafs player it could be any player right just like Play, play hard, play tough, right? This isn't, this isn't, uh, this isn't like, this isn't flag football or anything. It's not a touch game, right? You fall down. If you don't hear a whistle, get up and keep playing. What gets me is the, uh, the, a similar play 
such as that, uh, that the avalanche pulled on one of the Canadians yeah. didn't get called. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, so, and I'll uh, call it. I don't care. Just call yeah. it. And I'm going to give like a shout out standard. to the linesmen for saving Bowen Byram tonight. <laughs> because Pizzetta, like he, he just held on to him. Right. They actually yeah. originally, I think they ended up calling it just a, a two minute for roughing and a 10 originally well, I mean, because there wasn't really punches thrown, but it's, all they did is, well, Byron just held on to him because he knew if Pizzetta would have let his hands go, it wouldn't have been good for him. Swung his purse at him. Right. So, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about Byron, but he knew he was outmatched and the linesman was and, ready. Which was smart. Right. But line, the linesman was like, uh, when should yeah. I step in here? And you know what? The Colorado knows that Montreal say, toughness other than a guy like Anderson is sitting in that press box right now. Yeah. So they can, so they can flex their muscle a little bit more. They can take these liberties a little bit more. And, and they, you know, for the most part, they did a little bit tonight. And on that as well, uh, Byron knew that, you know, that this was Pizzetta trying to fire up his team. So he just kind of, hung on he he didn't want to give him any more leeway or any right. more space right so by just holding on i mean that's you you don't look like you've turned down the battle to make yourself look like uh uh you're you're afraid or cowardly right but at the same time you're not giving him the satisfaction of pulling off that one punch finish or yeah. to get the the crowd back in it so he played it smart he did he did but um yeah, this is one that you kind of want to forget as a Canadians fan, um, and and and, and you, they got to do it quick. They they play the they play Pittsburgh tomorrow, who yeah. they've been playing much better hockey as of late. So it's not like things are going to get any easier. And I and I'm wondering, are they going to go back to Allen tomorrow because he only played half, or are they going to give Montembeau the start? Like, how's it going to go? Because it's it's um, hard to say. Well, um, Montembeau uh, played the majority of the game tonight, right? Yeah. So yeah. hard to say. And you can't really you and and, and honestly, you can't really um, falter Allen for the goals that went in. A lot well, of them. I mean, a couple of them were just tap ins. Yeah, a lot of them. Cross ice tap ins. Yeah. Yeah. The, the he team, didn't get any the defensive support. Front, yeah, the team didn't compete in front of him tonight. Now, the, once Montembeau stepped in, once they made that that goaltending change, the team woke up. You, you look at uh, the possession stats right up until a little bit after that change. Total dominance on the part of the Avalanche. Complete and total dominance. Yep. But then after the third period began, completely opposite situation. The Canadians had almost total control except for the power plays right. that they gave up. Yeah. And you can't give up power plays against a team like that. They went, what, three for three, Colorado? Uh, something like was it. Three it was four. Uh, three for three. Three for three. Yeah, so three for three. If not for the penalties, this might have been, this is a one goal game. Had the Canadians right. played with some more discipline or just showed up on time. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault the team too, too much. Uh, these games are going to happen in a rebuild, especially when you have 37 guys up in the press box with injuries. Yeah, and another one on <laughs> his way. 
Yeah. Yeah. So why don't, why don't you bring, uh, tell us all about so, that? Because right? we're so, all excited. Uh, unfortunately, another guy to the infirmary, uh, Rem Pitlick. Yeah. And we played uh, 508 in the game. Uh, got a shove from behind from Devin Taves and went, yeah. you know, kind of shoulder and face first on the boards, left the game and they announced that he wasn't going to return. So another one, another one, you know, I hope they uh, like, they're going to need a bigger press box at this point. Well, yeah, the way he went into the boards was, it was oh my God, he, uh, he snapped back pretty hard. So it, it looks a lot like there's going to be maybe some concussion issues there. Right. Um, <laughs> I know so, that they've got a press box and it's a pretty big, it's pretty big, but at this point they're going to have to ask the one beside be like, Hey guys, I know you're having a birthday party in there, but you know, Jack, I needs a place to sit. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, 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 and that's just the way it's go. It's been this year and, and, and the injuries haven't been short term, which is the, the thing. Yeah. It's not like you're out day to day, like day to day has been like month to month for the Canadians this year. And you can't say that these injuries are from uh, the medical staff or the training staff not doing their jobs. These are these are in-game injuries. Right. You take a shot off the foot or you run into the boards or you fall the wrong way or, you know, you land the wrong way or you, you throw a punch and, and just kind of graze off and it separates. Like, it's just all these different, these all these injuries from gameplay it's not on the trainers it's not on the medical staff maybe people would be a little less angry if i don't know they were a little bit more uh, accurate with the return uh, times you know instead of saying day to day for a month and a half just say he's week to week for a little while or say hey he's well look how long looking at three four weeks look how long it took us to get something on monahan yeah because we were like trade trip, trade trip, trade trip, first round pick, first round pick, and then it's he's hurt, he's hurt again, and it's something else, and we're not trading him. Goodbye, trade trip. We can't. <laughs> yeah, because we can't. Yeah. So we talked a little bit off air um, about a potential call up. Um, I haven't been on their Twitter since we started recording, so I don't know if that's already happened. But um, we talked a little bit about Tisdale being a potential yep. call up um that would be my selection they could easily say well Justin Barron is skating again let's go for the 11 and 7 which is it would not surprise me at this point but i would look at a guy like Tisdale give him that opportunity he was an undrafted uh signed player by the canadians uh 2018 um, played for the Armada for the longest time, played for the Huskies, etc. But then for him, once he went pro, it was knee injury after injury after injury yeah. after this, after this, after that. Then they had COVID, then there was a COVID pandemic, etc. But, um, well, this season, however, he's been healthier and he's quietly put up 20 goals for Laval. He's at an RFA at the end of the season. I would give this guy an opportunity. Let's see what he's got. Yeah. Now, St. Louis has just confirmed in the last few minutes that Pitlick will be with the team on the trip. 
but that doesn't mean he's not going to be on IR or, yeah, he's or banged be injured up at some or, point. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's available, but I, I think if you are going to make a call up, Teasdale would be the guy at yep. this point to earn the call up. Yep. Now that would hurt Laval because yeah, Laval's fighting would. for a playoff spot. Yeah. But uh, you, you want to give guys like that, that opportunity. Cause he's showing, showing that he's earned it. Yes. Get that little shot. Even if it's one or two games kind of cement himself and show management. Hey, I'm still here. I'm still productive. I'm still progressing. Right. Give me another contract. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about Simino as well. And then we just got, we, we figured that uh, he's still on an AHL deal for the rest of this year. His NHL deal doesn't yeah. go into next season. So he would not be an option. So Tisdale for me is their, uh, their best option. And looking forward, uh, you know, down the line a little bit, there's going to be opportunity to, sign NCAA free agents here. Yes. So we can talk about Struble here in a minute, but there's going to be a lot of UFA forwards coming out of yep. the NCAA. Now with the frozen four tournament coming up, uh, all the different uh, major conferences are having their, their play-ins right now. And as we go along, teams are dropping, you know, week by week, there's going to be five, six, 10 teams drop per week moving forward. And there's going to be some players on those teams that are going to be worth taking a look at. Like I brought up Jackson Nelson the other day uh, from Minnesota, six foot four, 220 pound center. Might be worth a look, might yeah. be worth a, a two year ELC. We'll see. But right now the Canadians are, are in the driver's seat. They have that opportunity to offer these, these, these chances, these NHL deals. To these guys so if they they identify one or two go for it yeah and Hughes is a guy that knows ncaa <laughs> yeah he hangs around the uh the old ncaa uh quite right. a bit so he knows he knows what he's talking about when it comes to that so it'll be it'll be interesting i wouldn't be surprised if you see a player or two looked at um can't say who right now it's a uh, the honestly the struble watches on right now as his season came to an yeah. end the other night with uh northeastern losing their game yeah, and overtime too. Yeah. A, so the spot, the spots there. Loss. The spots there. It's open. Yeah, and uh, Marco D'Amico, our friend, uh, our friend Marco over at uh, Montreal Hockey Now, he he made mention that with that loss, he's expecting something to happen in the next couple of days, or at the very least, a decision yes. from Struble will happen in the next couple of days. And from all indications, Struble wants to play in Montreal. So if he's given that chance. He it looks like he'll take it. Well, he can play on either side. He's a, you know, a defense first, stick up for your teammate type, type defenseman. He can hit you hard. He's got and a toughness. mean streak. Um, he, they do have different options. I think the most enticing thing is going to be, say, like, here's your ELC, which I believe would be a two-year deal. Yes. Right. Uh, come to the NHL. Let's see what you got for the last few games of the year which would likely push out a guy like Weidman for a while, or maybe we'd see a little bit of a, a, a revolving door of who's going to play and who's not. Um, or he can go the ELC, or not the ELC, the... Um, uh, PTO. The, the uh, PTO option and go to Laval, kind of like what they did with Condotta. Yes, where right. he would sign a PTO for the rest of this season and his ELC wouldn't kick in until next. Right. 
But I question on that. Would he st- he'd st- he'd be ineligible for the playoffs though, right? No, he'd be available for their playoffs. Okay, I wasn't sure how that worked because he hadn't been signed at that point because of the NCAA option. So that that kind of allows him to step in, just like Condotta did when he signed his deal. Okay, that's weird though because everything else is like if you're not on the team after the trade deadline, you're ineligible. Yeah, but he, he hadn't. He I know he was not a professional at the time. Right. So right. now he is. So now he's available. That's yeah. a, a lot of asterisks. A lot of asterisks beside that. To mention, <clears throat> pardon me, guys like uh, Riley Kidney, uh, Joshua Roy, all uh, you know, Owen Beck, those guys would be eligible to join the team once their CHL seasons are done. Right. So a guy like Masher could jump in, maybe. Exactly. That he's a guy that's, yeah, his team sucks. <laughs> they are going to probably right, lose so. <laughs> in the first round if they make the playoffs. Looks like yeah. they might. Yeah. And it looks like they'll play London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they'll lose. Right. Uh, so Meshar might get a shot. Uh, right. and, and I don't I don't see London going too far either. So Mayu is another guy who would be able to play in the AHL. Now, I know there's, there's some controversy about the NHL not releasing him or allowing him to play in the NHL. But that's the NHL, not the AHL. Yeah. There's nothing holding him back from playing there. Well, I can, I can see Struble. I can Stru- I can see him signing. Yeah, I can. I can see. No, him yeah, I could see that. I definitely can. If anyone can sell uh, an NCAA free agent on signing with the Canadians, especially one who has played several years with the son of the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, would be the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Right. <laughs> right. I have a I have a question for you. Okay. Seventy four. It's it. This has nothing to do with Canadians, but it's just it's something that's been in the back of my head. Um, um, no, I'm married. <laughs> so at the trade deadline, Chicago and Toronto made a trade involving mm-hmm. Pavel Gogoliev, a forward. Okay, um, played in the AHL, played for Newfoundland in the ECHL, etc. He was part of a trade. For the he was a part of the Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty con um, deal, okay. Yeah, Chicago then put him on unconditional waivers for contract termination, and then he went right back to where he right back to where he was, and Toronto got to get rid of a contract because he went and he signed a, yes. an AHL deal after the fact. You think that's a little bit shady, or is am I the only one that thinks that's a little bit shady? A lot shady, but it's it's shady, but it's legal. Yeah, but he's coming back on it. He's coming, but he but he came back after getting traded. They were able to shed a contract, and now they could go and sign somebody else, like Matthew Nyes or anybody else. And all they did was just shed a contract and then just brought him back on an AHL deal a couple days later after trading him to Chicago. And you know that that was the goal. The whole point of that yeah. move was to yeah. do that exactly that because he could have been traded to Chicago and Chicago held on to his contract and just left him yeah, on loan. Toronto's on to, 
Toronto's now at 49 of 50 contracts. Yeah, which yeah. it's pretty obvious what's yeah. going to happen here. Yeah. I'm just I just want to bring that up there. It's a little shady. I think it'd be hilarious if Matthew and I said, you know what? I don't want to sign with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine. <laughs> <laughs> all the all those leaf uh tire pumpers going on and on about how great of a prospect this kid is will yeah. suddenly go out there out of their way to slash the tires on that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um before we get into whatever we're going to talk about next, uh, I want to shout out to Lane Hudson. Lane Hudson was named a finalist for Hockey East Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year. So good on him. Uh, the undersized defenseman that everyone said that wasn't going to do anything. Good on yeah, him. Yeah, he's, uh, setting, he's setting records for yeah. freshman defensemen scoring points. Uh, he's also... As a red shirt freshman defenseman, uh, in the in the mix for the Hobie Baker, he is. There was another That's... crazy stat up here as well, and if I can find it, I will read it off. But there was another stat that was out about him. Um, if you'll just bear with me for a second, and if I can't find it, that he has a better point per game average than. Kale McCarr and Luke Hughes in their first years in the NCAA? Uh, yes. What you said. However, I have something else. Um, okay. Lane Hudson, the first defender in the history of Hockey East to lead the league in conference scoring and the first freshman to do so since Jack Eichel in the 14-15 season. Who was a forward. Who was a forward. Yeah. Drafted second overall. Yes. Not bad. But is he taller than 5'10", though? And was he 5'8 when they drafted him or whatever it was? <laughs> well, after talking, yeah. uh, looking him, well, I still had to look down a little bit, but standing yeah. <laughs> next to him, looking him in the eye, I can honestly say that he is not 5'8". Yeah. And uh, another bit of news, Sean Farrell was named Ivy League Player of the Year. Yes, he was. Yeah. And there's another uh, NCAA forward who is likely to be available as a free agent probably uh, by the end of this weekend. Right. If Harvard doesn't win. Right. But even then, he's, he's as soon as they're done, he's that's contract watch for him. And I could yeah. see, I could yeah. see him signing. Um, what being one of the guys that's going to sign right away. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's obviously openings for him to just walk right in. Yes. Yes. And he does have experience playing against men. He does have the experience playing against older players yeah. and professionals. I mean, you look at what he did in the Olympics and uh, the world championships, right? He, he, he acquitted himself extremely well being about a point per game player yeah. over those two tournaments. And he's a good buddy with Cole Caulfield. Steel. Steel. Yeah. And he was. And so far he it's so far it's 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 shown that he's been a steal. Now, had he been on the team, Farrell, had he been on the Canadians when the Habs went out on the ice with their their uh jerseys with the nicknames, would his nickname be Steel? That would have been good. I would have been okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
that'd be pretty funny or just a picture of cole caulfield's tweet on the back of his jersey right (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh all right so we don't have we didn't have a lot you know we didn't put as we put in about as much effort as we could possibly put in you know about two-thirds of a show's worth right we figured why break from tradition and do something different (laughs) than the canadians yeah um the last little thing here that I, we have some notes on is goaltenders. Now we all know that the Canadians need a goalie. They they desperately need someone who can be a starter. You know, two, three, five, ten years down the road. It's not Allen. It's not Montembeau. Nope. Doesn't look like it's Primo. But there's a couple of guys who are available on the trade block. Yeah, um, so it's 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 very much looking like the Canucks could potentially move on from Thatcher Demko. Um, this guy is twenty seven years old. He's a, he's a skilled goalie. Like he he is a skilled goalie. Um, the team in front of him hasn't been the greatest this year. He's battled injuries, etc. But this is a guy that uh, he can he can do the job. He, he can stop pucks. He's a he's a big guy. He moves well. And then the other one is Carter Hart out of the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, one year left, I believe, at 3.9. Thatcher Demko, yeah. I believe, has three seasons left at a $5 million cap hit. Um, one's going to cost you a lot more than the other, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Hart would definitely be the one that I think would bring in the bigger return uh, just because he's in his contract's a little bit better. He has proven himself a little bit more. And... I think overall he's he's the better talent. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough to see what they do. I wouldn't be surprised if they just unfortunately just rode the a uh, road Montembeau and Allen for another season. Um yeah. I I it wouldn't surprise me, but uh as the team gets healthier and the the skill starts to develop and the chemistry starts to develop and cap space starts to develop, et cetera. I yeah. want to, I want to see a team that's going to be a little bit more, if they're ready to be a little bit more competitive, I want to see somebody that's going to be a net. That's going to be able to make that extra save when they need it the most. Now, I, I do believe that this summer around the draft, we're going to see the Canadians make a move for around goaltending. I do expect to see some kind of a trade for a a decent prospect goaltender. I do expect the Canadians to use at least one draft pick on a goaltender. There's a, there's a bunch of slightly older goaltenders. I mean, uh, you you just look at some of the names out of the, uh, the world juniors from this, this past winter. Yeah. And you're going to find a couple of older guys, uh, 20 year olds who are going to be available probably in the third round, the Canadians should be fine getting someone there. But I do expect to see possibly a move for one of those bigger names. Right. I'm looking, the the way I'm looking at it right now is I think that they, their first pick in the second round, if a goalie is available, that's on their list. Um, I think that's when you're going to see it. I, I, if Bjornsson is available, maybe, or, um, oh, what the fuck's his name? 
Harmonson or whatever his name, whatever. I don't remember the big, the big, uh, right. If he, if he ends up being available and it, it's looking like he might go in the first round, but if he's available mm-hmm. when they pick their first pick in this, well, right now they're only second round pick. If he's available, I'd say take a, take a swing on him. And then you've yeah, still got no, you've still got in the later rounds, you've still got Trey Augustine who played for the Americans, et cetera. Like there's there's goaltenders there, and they're gonna take a while to develop. Yeah. But as a fan and speaking on behalf of fans, I think that the Canadians want to see a little bit more of a fast track in the net as opposed to like, let's uh let's develop a guy for another three years. And you're right. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like Primo's going to be the guy. No, it it really doesn't. He's been uh, he had that great playoff, and he's shown some flashes through this season, but he hasn't been consistent in no. any way, shape, or form. No. Now the Canadians haven't done him any favors by calling him up, sending him down, calling him up, sending him down, having to miss games over the last few years. But it, it it's just not working out for him right now, and. There's a possibility that the Canadians still get that third first round pick. So a goaltender with that third first round pick would be a perfect fit. It would be. It's just it would be stocking take it'd five be, years. Yes. It'd be stocking the it'd be stocking the shelves as opposed to going out and making that trade. Because there, there are was... there, there are goaltenders out there that are going to be available. And like yeah. I, I know that we've talked at length about a guy like Dustin Wolf. Mm-hmm. Especially Treg. He loves him. Right. But um, it's, do they want to, do they want to give him up or do they just want to have an abundance of goaltenders because they still have Markstrom and they still have um, that check, the other check fella. Yeah. Random uh, insert random name here. <laughs> I just uh, I, off the top of my head, I don't know. It'll come to me. Don't worry. Well, this is why I'm thinking that the Canadians are going to Dem- use Dem- some Dem- draft done. Dem- 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 okay. Yeah. And this is why I think the Canadians are going to use some draft capital to to pick a goaltender, so they can have they want to layer it up, right? They want to have someone. They've got some guys now to f- just hold the fort. Uh, they want to bring in. They want to draft someone so they can develop them. But I can also see them trading or signing. Uh, an NCAA free agent or trading for someone who's ready to graduate from the NCAA. I know there was a lot of talk of Devin Levi because he plays at Northeastern. I doubt that the Sabres are going to want to give him up. Um, there's there's another goaltender in their system who plays in, I think it's Michigan. Uh, okay. And whose system is that? You said? The, the Sabres. Okay. Trying to remember his name. Uh, I'm going through the reserve list right now. I'm just looking at Harabal's stats right now, and he plays for uh, for Omaha, the USHL, mm-hmm. in 25 games at 8.98, with it's 3.23 for a 6.6 goalie. Um, he had a lot better numbers when he was playing for the Czech League, and when he played at the U18s, he had great numbers. He had a 1.99 with a 9.33 save. But if I'm looking at a guy right now that's playing in the USHL with an 898 save, that doesn't scream first round pick to me. No, that's it's no, still so it's either. 
like you can't teach size, right? And you can't overlook that because that's what teams are looking for. They're looking for that big goalie. But is he going to be the six foot six goalie that's going to come in and play lights out in the future, like a Pecorine? Or is he going to be like a Verbectic that they have already that has the size that still is learning how to use his body to his advantage? True. Right. And yeah, I don't want to. Obviously, I, I, he's going to take time. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm just looking at the, the Sabre system now. I mean, I think got, they traded him. Uh, I think they traded him. Who? That goalie that you were talking about. Petrillo? Portillo? I think they traded him. I th- I'm 99% sure. Yes. Yeah. They traded his rights to the Kings for a third round pick. There you go. But that doesn't mean he's going to sign with them. No. But he likely will. Because he has, because he, because he does have the, uh, he does have the, um, well, he quick's not there anymore, and you've got Corpusalo yeah. and uh, path is know. there for him, right? But this yeah. is this is what I'm talking, not necessarily someone from the Sabers. I'm just, in general, I do see the Canadians drafting one, trading or signing for one that's you know a little bit older, someone who's around 22, 23, uh, and possibly trading or signing a, a known NHL quality. Yeah. But, you know, we've brought up Hart. We've brought up Damco. Canadians aren't the only ones that are out there looking for goaltending. Exactly. And um, I'm going to look at the Sabres. Uh, the Sabres are, are kind of, they're, they struggle defensively, but they are a powerhouse team offensively. They've got a lot of guys that can put the puck in the net, and they've got size. Um, and right now they've got Ukapakalukanen, who's like the funnest name to say in sports. Um, and they got Craig Anderson. Craig Anderson's the oldest player in the league right now. He's probably not going to be around much longer. And then Lukanen has been up and down throughout the year. Yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna look for an upgrade as well to reward the their forwards with a little bit of more of a, a solid backstop and they're and they've shown that they've taken a step forward. So I can see their GM going out and making a move for one of these two goaltenders, if not somebody else. You've heard it here first folks, Devin Levi for Jake <laughs> Allen. Right. Done deal. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So that's pretty much everything we got. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Um, we got an upcoming show, uh, so make sure that you guys um, tune into that. It's got a Habs prospect involved with that, so it make does. sure you so make yes, sure you guys uh, so make sure you guys uh, tune in for that. And uh, if Michael Bublé, if you are uh, listening, uh, you can endorse us. I'm drinking uh, a raspberry Bublé right now. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's very it's I know it's bubbly. I call it Bublé because I'm classy. So uh, that's about all I get to say. Ooh la la. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, and I've got nothing. No, no, there's no thoughts rattling through this empty, empty head of mine. So I just want to thank everybody who's tuned in, who's listened, who's been sending us these emails, sending us these DMs and interacting with us online. Um, I just want to thank you guys for making, uh, helping us make this show a little bit better. 
just a little with the changes. I mean, we got Matt to wear some flannel. And I'm not so wearing a, a hat pl- for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, new ha- new haircut. Either. Yeah, new haircut. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at that haircut. I got to set my watch. <laughs> okay. Set my time to that haircut. Yeah. Uh, but no, I want to thank everyone for tuning in, listening, interacting, making us a little bit better so that we're listen, we're watchable and listenable to all of you out there. So again, thank you very much. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.